from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Kennedy Classics. D. James Kennedy Ministries is standing for truth and defending your freedom. But we cannot do that without your generosity. With our new monthly automatic giving program, you can conveniently ensure that we are able to broadcast the gospel, train Christian leaders in Washington, D.C., defend religious freedom in court, and much more. Whether you can give $35, $50, or $100 a month or more through your credit card or bank account, your monthly donation will make an enormous impact for Christ, and it will entitle you to automatically receive our valuable monthly ministry resource. Contact us right away to join our convenient automatic monthly giving program and receive the powerful book, Make Your Life Count as your first monthly resource. By God's grace and with your help, we will impact our nation and the world for Jesus Christ. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Doctors will sometimes refer to diseases of the internal organs as silent killers. This is largely because the progression of disease goes unnoticed until significant symptoms appear, motivating the patient to see the doctor, sometimes only to find out that it's too late. These same doctors will argue that many of these lives could have been saved with advanced diagnostic screening. In our day, there is a not-so-silent killer abroad in the hearts of men and women, who mistakenly see an unplanned pregnancy as a disease to be excised from the human body. And with the legalization of abortion by the Supreme Court fiat in 1973, the scale of the destruction of innocent human life at the hands of abortionists has led some to call it a latter-day holocaust. Strong words, you say? Well, let's see. As Dr. Kennedy applies the most powerful diagnostic available, the word of the living God, to this, the defining issue of our times. Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy with his message, The American Holocaust. Our scripture this morning is taken from the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. We shall begin with chapter 1 and verse 1. May we hear the inspired word of our God. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were at Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. 
Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And may God speak to us today through this portion of his holy word, and may his name evermore be praised. Amen. January 22nd marks the anniversary of the controversial and infamous Roe v. Wade decision, which opened the door to what has been termed the American Holocaust. Let us consider for a few moments the real nature of what all of this means, what lies behind Roe v. Wade this decision which has so changed our nation. Mother Teresa said that in abortion, it not only kills the unborn, but it kills the consciences of all that are involved. What is the real theological, philosophical basis for all of this? Did you know that Roe v. Wade had religious roots to it. Many people don't know that. And strangely, the courts have struck down laws because they had religious overtones, because they had been influenced by religion. And uh, that is very interesting when we consider that even this case had some religious roots to it as well. In fact, Justice Harry Blackman, who was the one who wrote the Roe v. Wade decision, said that if there was any religion to which he would refer for guidance in this matter, it would be... I wonder how many of you know. What religion was the most guidance to the justice in this decision? It would be, said Justice Blackman, paganism. The ancient religions of the Persians, the Greeks, and the Romans, he said. Ancient paganism, with its little concern for the sanctity of life, where babies were not only aborted in the womb, but if they lived to be born and were unwanted, they were left out on the sides of mountains or in the forest to be devoured by animals or picked up by strange-looking people who had some weird designs for them. Paganism lying behind the abortion holocaust of our day. You remember in the Nuremberg trials, the Nazis were condemned for killing people in their gas chambers, for aborting children in uh, their uh, camps, their concentration camps, and killing them, and all of the atrocities they did. Malcolm Muggeridge says something which I think is very interesting. He said that some future Gibbon, who wrote The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire, of course, would look with a sardonic smile on the fact that it only took three decades for something to go from an atrocity condemned in the Nuremberg trials to an act of compassion 
in America. Consider that. That what the whole world condemned as atrocious and crimes against humanity has now become an act of compassion, which is absolutely astonishing when you think about it. In fact, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the institution that was in charge of all of the concentration camps of Germany had a very interesting title. It was called the Charitable Foundation for Institutional Care. Now, if you think that is incredible, listen to this. The institutions which have performed the slaughter and butchery, dismemberment of American babies, has been designated by the IRS with this tax-exempt designation, quote, charitable organizations engaged in promoting health, gymnastics, semantic gymnastics to say the least. And yet today, with the advance of embryology, with the advancements in fetology, with the Fetoscope, which now is able to go into the womb and take motion pictures, not merely sonograms, but motion pictures of an actual abortion. As you watch a baby fighting to get rid of the tools that are being used to rip its arms off and then its legs and finally crush its head, you know that that is a living human being who is struggling to live. It is indeed a crime that kills not only the baby, but the consciences of all involved, and the consciences of those who are involved in performing abortions indeed have become hardened beyond anything that we might imagine. Listen to some of the comments by American abortionist doctors whom you would not imagine as we consider some of the parallels between abortion in America and uh, the Holocaust in Germany. The American Holocaust as compared to the Nazi Holocaust. In 1936, the High Court of Germany refused to recognize Jews living in Germany as persons in the legal sense. They were not persons and therefore they were not protected by any of the laws, and they, you could do anything you want with them. In 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court, Roe v. Wade, declared that the word person, as used in the 14th Amendment, does not include the unborn. They are, according to Roe v. Wade, not persons. Therefore, you can burn them alive with saline solutions. You can rip their limbs off one by one as long as you put them together again outside to make sure you've got all of the parts. And other similarities. At the uh, Hadamar Euthanasia Hospital in Germany, patients were killed with injections and they were told that these were treatments for their lung disease. In 1976 in America, Dr. Willard Cates called abortion the preferred treatment for a disease. What kind of disease? The number two sexually transmitted disease in America. 
What is it? Unwanted pregnancies. To him, it's a disease to be treated, and you treat it by ripping the baby apart. What do we call this? This child created in the image of God, sacred, holy unto God? Well, someone said of the bodies of Jews in one of their gas ovens, he said, what should we do with this garbage? And yet, Dr. Marty Kikamaki in America in 1980 said, an aborted baby is just garbage. Heads severed from inmates exterminated in gas chambers were utilized as paperweights in the offices of the commandants in Nazi Germany. But of course, this is America. We would never do a thing like that, or would we? The brains, organs, and bodies of aborted babies encased in a paperweight type of plastic block were sold by a Chicago biological supply firm. In the Nuremberg doctor's trial, Dr. William Schmidt said that in the Nazi Holocaust, the jurist in Berlin told us this was a legal matter. It was quite legal. In 1980, abortionist Dr. Michael Jackson furnished an identical rationalization in support of the day's abortion. Quote, I just go by what the courts say. I only do what's legal. The subjects in Nazi Germany were forced to undergo death-dealing experiments without receiving anesthesia. The fetus, quote, Dr. Marty Kikamaki, quote, the fetuses are fully alive when we cut their heads off, but anesthetics are definitely unnecessary. And one doctor cut off a number of heads, connected them up to pumps with blood, and kept them alive for days, functioning with uh, brainwave patterns. And so we see that the, the similarities between Nazism and the Nazi Holocaust and the American Holocaust are great. There are many, many more, which I did not read, but I think that's enough to give you the idea that we are going down the same slippery path. And it is tragic that it took just 30 years for us who condemned the Nazis to begin our way down the same path. Also, we might notice the comparisons with slavery. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision of the Supreme Court declared that, that slaves were not persons in the legal sense of the Constitution. Therefore, you could do anything you wanted with them, including killing them, because they were not persons. The same way that the ancient Greek pagans and Romans referred to their slaves simply as, quote, animate tools. They were not persons. They were not human beings. They did not have souls, even as the black slaves were said not to have souls. And therefore, they could be killed or mutilated as you saw fit. But my friends, we now look back on the Dred Scott decision. We now look back on ancient paganism. We now look back on the Nazi atrocities and we say, how could people have been so blind 
to do such things as that. Indeed, how could they? I remember one time saying to somebody that, that had lived in Germany during the, during the Nazi atrocities, I said, how did the German people allow these things to go on? How could that have happened? I wonder if some of our grandchildren aren't going to say when Roe v. Wade is overturned and goes the way of the Dred Scott decision, as I'm sure that it will, they're going to say, Granddaddy, what were you doing during the time of the American Holocaust? What did you do to stop it? And I would ask you that question right now. I believe that it will be ended. Of course, we hear many excuses. We're, talk, we're told about the woman who has been raped. Less than 2% of women that are raped conceive. We're told about cases of incest. But my friends, all of the cases of incest and all of the cases of rape amount to 2% of all abortions. Recent studies have confirmed repeatedly that 98% of women who get abortions indicate that they get them for this reason. They just did not wish to be pregnant at this time. Murder for convenience is what it is. 98%. And yet those 2% represent 98% of the arguments of the pro-abortionist. That's all they talk about. Fine, let's get rid of the other 98% and we'll talk about the, those later. And you know, about 60% of the women who get abortions don't do it because of their own free choice. The vast majority of them are unwed, young, teenagers, 80% white. They do it because, quote, they were pressured to do it by the father of the child, by friends, by parents, by other people. Many of them say if it weren't for that pressure, they would have brought the baby to term and either have kept it or put it out for adoption. There are a lot of men that would hate to see Roe v. Wade overturned because, you see, it removes from them an easy way out of their immorality. Many a man is guilty of pressuring a young lady to go and get an abortion to sweep under the rug his promiscuity as well as hers. We talk about free choice. There's always a choice. The choice was made nine months earlier, or seven or five or two. But there was a choice, the choice to say no. The choice to say no to sin rather than to say no to life. I saw a cartoon this week which, if it weren't tragic, would indeed be humorous. It showed two babies sitting up on a cloud in heaven 
with halos around their heads. And one of them was saying to the other, how could she have done that? It's my body, you know. May we pray. Father, we're thankful that a young unmarried woman who was pregnant and who some felt was babbling about visitations from angels, we're thankful that she was not subject to abortion or we would not be here today to worship Jesus. We pray, O God, that we may have hearts that reach out to those who are being led off to destruction, that we may have caring hearts. We pray that this great blight on America, this Holocaust, will soon end, and that tiny babies may live to see the light of day. O God, deliver us from the mentality of paganism and Nazism and slavery and help us to know that that babe within the womb can be sanctified by thee and ordained even to be a prophet unto the nations, as was Jeremiah before he was ever brought forth from the womb. Oh God, there may be some here who are guilty of taking the life of their own baby. We pray that thou wilt cause them to flee to the cross, to find mercy and forgiveness in a time of need. There may be others here, men, who by their immoral acts and encouragement have encouraged young girls to such action. May they find repentance and forgiveness through Christ. And take this blight away from America, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Friend, there is no sin so great that God will not forgive if we come to him in sincerity and repentance. Do you know for certain that you have eternal life? Have you experienced the life-transforming power that comes with knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord? If not, I urge you to come to Him today without delay. This is the day of salvation. Do not wait. Pray with me this prayer right now. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my sins of thought, word, and deed. Cleanse me and lead me in new and right ways so that I might experience the abundant life that you have come to give. Help me to live for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, then you have begun the greatest adventure of your life. And to help you grow in your new faith, we wanna send you beginning again. As you read it, you'll learn how to study the Bible, how to pray, and even how to share your new faith with others. To receive your copy of Beginning Again, just write to our address or call our toll-free number. And may God richly bless you.
We still await the Supreme Court decision that will finally overrule the atrocity of Roe versus Wade. But in the meantime, progress has been made. The abortion rate is at its lowest level since that ruling, and we are making progress to save the lives of the unborn. But it is by no means the only challenge we face. We want to hear from you to find out what you believe are the most pressing issues facing our nation today. Please contact us today to receive your Spiritual State of the Nation survey. Fill it out and return it to us right away. And we will give the results to President Trump, to Vice President Pence, and to your Congress member and their Chief of Staff. It will also help guide this ministry's strategy in 2019. This is the time to let our leaders hear from us so they will know which issues we are most concerned about. To receive your Spiritual State of the Nation survey, simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069. Or you can go online to djkm.org forward slash survey. And if you are able to include a generous donation when you contact us, we will also send you the brand new book that we have just published, A New Birth of Freedom, by our own Dr. Jerry Newcomb, with a foreword by William J. Federer. This short but compelling book takes you behind the current headlines to show you the spiritual decline that's happening in America and how recapturing our Christian roots and a revival of the Spirit of God is the answer to our problems. This book will equip you to better understand and articulate what has gone wrong in our nation and how we can regain our freedom and prosperity. We will send you A New Birth of Freedom by Dr. Jerry Newcomb as our thanks for your generous donation. And no matter what, please be sure to contact us to get your Spiritual State of the Nation survey. Fill it out and send it back to us so that we can make your voice heard to our nation's leaders on what issues are most important to you as a Christian. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Call toll-free, 888-332-3069. Or go online to djkm.org forward slash survey. And have you thought about the legacy that you'll be leaving behind for your children and grandchildren? Including D. James Kennedy Ministries in your estate plan is a great way to ensure that the Word of God applied to all of life continues to go forward to impact our nation for Christ, benefiting future generations. For more information on these or other planned giving options, contact Mr. William T. Allen, CPA, at 1-800-988-7884. He will be delighted to discuss, at no cost to you, naming this ministry in your will or estate plan. That's 1-800-988-7884. 
I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.